Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk all things food and hospitality in the Illawarra. We'll bring on local chefs, business owners, and producers as guests, and we'll bring in things for show and tell to talk about our favorite products or equipment. We'll also cover some current affairs and what's happening in the world of food. And this week we are talking about pokies and their impact on small business and hospitality. We've got a call in from a friend, Emily, who works for New South Wales Parliament to give us her perspective on the issue. And I bring in my spearfishing equipment for show and tell and we have a chat about sustainably harvesting things from the ocean. Hope you enjoyed the fourth episode of The Gong Show. Let's do this. Okay, welcome, Gong Show, episode number four, as we've just found out for ourselves, having done our research on how many podcasts we've done. <laughs> uh, Steph Postuma, my name, joined by Andy Burns. Hey. Simon Evans. Hello. And we're here to talk about some issues of food and hospitality in the Illawarra. Uh, last time we had Luke on board doing some wine tinny tasting, Luke from Howling Wolf, and we talked about licensing. We hope that if you listen to that, you enjoyed it. What do you reckon, guys? Good one? Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. And, um, I think Luke, we, Luke we was got, awesome. Yeah, Luke was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got probably nowhere with licensing, but there <laughs> seems to be many issues, many, well, many good yeah, things, many like a, things. That's, I think that's the thing about this podcast is that we're just here to have a discussion. Yeah. We, we, and, and get people thinking, I think, that if, mm. if we're actually having any sort of positive impact in what we're doing is that we're actually getting people thinking and maybe having conversations. Chatting about it, yeah. But, um... We're not going to solve anything just by doing this, mm. you know. But you know, it's good to talk about. It's that. good yeah, to talk yeah. about exactly. Yeah, I think the conclusion we came to with the licensing was at least there's some positive changes happening in Wollongong at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some new licenses. Exactly. And, and it's interesting. I was actually talk when I was talking to a friend. Um, it's interesting how what we're going to talk about for real talk today um, can link into licensing issues a little bit. How mm. some of some of it sort mm. of True. is different, um, and sort of they affect one another. But let's start intros um what's everyone been up to it's been a little while has anyone you um simon you were just saying that you've you've just finished your game dinners last week yeah so um two nights of uh, game dinners so yeah got some cool meats on the menu some venison some rabbit um some of the things like magpie goose we do quite a lot um native australian bird um yeah good fun nice little five course menu um very busy for it so that took up most of my last week Cool. Um, other things. Nice. Andy? Um, work-wise, went to a visit 
to uh, Hayden and Erica's farm in Hartley, Epicurean mm-hmm. Harvest. Um, lovely young couple doing awesome things up there. Nice, nice to meet them. Like you talk to these people, like being in Wollongong, it's a yeah. bit harder to get to places, and a lot of our suppliers are in Sydney and beyond. So you talk, you know, you're texting, texting, calling, calling, and then it's nice to finally meet mm. someone. But they're just they're like young couple. I'm not sure how old they are. They must be must be late twenties. Like, but they they work so hard, and they've got this beautiful farm um, in the Hartley Valley, which is just through the Blue Mountains. Anyone that doesn't know, um, west of the Blue Mountains. But yeah, just spent a couple of hours up on their farm with them talking. Going to the farms is the best, eh? Oh, beautiful home. It's they, so much they, fun. Like, they supply some amazing restaurants in Sydney. Yeah. Um, like they've got, you know, they've got a one patch here for like Peter Gilmore, one patch yeah, for right. Martin Ben, like <laughs> one patch, like they've got eggplants they grow specifically for Esther. Daniel Alvarez from Fred's bought like seeds out from the states from this specific eggplant yeah right that they grow for her that now I've been lucky enough to sort of get hold of some if mm. they've got some extra um, but they're just these yeah a couple of humble legends out in the bush <laughs> growing some vegetables mm. and yeah it, it's it's just nice to have that connection with people you're buying things from of course mm. and you and I think since we last talked you went and saw Phil up at Moonacres in Fitzroy yeah. Falls as well yeah we saw yeah that's um it was pretty cool seeing the difference like well, both similarities and differences in the sort of I think the similarities were just the core sort of way that they want to grow things and look after the soil and then have the um, things they're growing respond from that. Mm. Um, obviously, it's a bit harder for these guys. They're not adding; it's all organic. They're not adding any crap yeah. into their vegetables to fend off pests or anything. So they've got to sort of work other ways around it. Um, but seeing the differences in the soil up at moon acres and um further west yeah like differences in like the temperatures as well and then <clears throat> the soil up at um fitzroy falls is like dark lush amazing yeah. and then the, mm. the soil is a lot harder work as you yeah, get sort yeah. of down through the blue mountains and out, out west so different challenges but you know the same sort of thoughts and reasons which it's again great for us to get there from the restaurant because that's we want those things to line up yes. with where our beef's coming from, our seafood, our wine, like everything, you know. We're even trying to sort of steer the beers in that direction now. Um, so, yeah, just really cool to meet these people and make a connection and realise, like, it, it really is worth going to the effort. Like, Simon and Tom do a lot of that, um, going to the effort to, to meet these people and, and know where your stuff's coming from. Mm. Very important stuff. Um, has anyone been out for dinner or any restaurant dining experiences since we last spoke? No. Nah. No? Nah? Nah. Simon's been yeah, working? Yeah, I've just been working. You've been working as well. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we did, yeah, we did, went to my dad's further up in Mudgee after that, and then um, I was down the coast this weekend, so yeah, yeah just no, no time. Cool. Well, I've been, I've been all over the shop, like I've been... For these other little work projects I've got going on and things, I've been all over the place. But I was actually in Brizzy for a wedding on the weekend. But the weekend before that, I was in Melbourne. Uh, and I went to Osteria Ilaria, sister restaurant of Tipo Double Zero, next oh, door. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just That's like a little... Door. Yeah, basically next door. It's a little like... It's just like it's a... Well, it's not a little like... It's pretty... hundred mm, something seats probably. Oh, like, yeah, hundred yeah, seats. Like, yeah, no, well, like it, go, it extends through the back maybe quite a bit. Um... But yeah, I went there and just had a really nice lunch. I found myself in, um, like I was in Melbourne and I had some time to kill. 
and I, I was like I'll go to Tipo and have a plate of pasta for lunch like mm. and then I was like oh that's right there's this one next door so I was like I'll do something different I'll, I'll try this place but I ordered pasta <laughs> <laughs> anyway and definitely didn't just have a plate of pasta too it was like the longest the longest solo meal yeah. I've ever had but it was really fucking awesome like <laughs> scampy pasta scampy like tortellini with just like a such a simple sort of like seafood bisque yeah, sauce nice. over it oh, and yeah. stuff and, yeah. and a nice salad and some drinks and yeah it was fucking nice. awesome mm. um and then that night uh a friend of mine who's worked in hospo in melbourne forever i was trying to catch up with him he goes oh, i come to this little wine pop-up thing and I was like, okay, I'll go there. And then that turned out traveler. to be, it turned out to be, yeah, the, that's, a, the More, uh, that's a Moray Giorgio Di Maria's uh, pop-up yeah, right. yeah. in this little cafe yeah, in the side street in Melbourne. And it was amazing. Like Ooh. I had this, uh, the wine selection was out of control. Like yeah. it was awesome what they had there, but I had this um, to eat. I just like, and, and the beauty of it was, is it was standing room only. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were they out in the, out in the alley and then again, everyone's just crates? like standing on the standing on yeah. the streets and sitting in the gutter and stuff, drinking this delicious wine. And SWAT team show up in New South Wales if that happens. <laughs> well, that's what I was talking. <clears throat> that's what I was talking to my mate about. They like, you know, do you have a license. For that? They kind of let you do that sort of stuff. In, oh, in... Mate, you're out like this ginger boy. Like the one we went to when Jen, there was like a oh maybe over a year ago, I think, when the world's best fifty. No, probably about the same time last year. Exactly the same. You just sprawled out into the alleyway. I'm just like photos of us, just like on milk crates, plate, food yeah. in one hand, mm. glass of wine in the yeah. other. No, no problems though. Mm. That was like, exactly yeah. Because travel exactly is like you fit about ten people in travel, yeah, right. maybe. Yeah. Like it's yeah. tiny. Just stick them in. Your Amazing, room. tiny little kitchen. There. Like you got a bathroom? Yeah, you have to walk yeah, through the kitchen. <laughs> like literally, like there's someone plating up right there as you're yeah, right. walking through. Anyway, that was a really cool experience as well. And it just goes to show the difference between um, New South Wales and Victoria when it comes yep. to policing those sorts of events. Because that that's what we were talking about with licensing last week. That is exactly the type of culture we want to promote is people eating and drinking yeah. good stuff rather than eating shit stuff, drinking shit stuff, but just lots of it and then yeah. getting into fights. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there is no way in the world you would have seen a punch on an event like that. Oh, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so cool that those things can happen down there yeah. like that. So, and it's completely civilized. Yeah. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah. So that was, Throwing yeah. plates around, glass of wine. <laughs> that was amazing. That was great. Um, and, and totally unexpected. I didn't even know it was on. My friend just said, come, come here. And well, that's what, yeah, Liz, yeah. like a, a friend of ours from Melbourne, she, same thing, said, oh, you got to check your set when you come down. Yeah. And, mm. Like, oh, okay, and I knew who Parsi was, and I knew, yeah. I knew who they both were, and they'd done something at Mecca previously, and they've done something like recently as well. But we were waiting for a table because we tried to go to Embler, and they don't take bookings, um, and we had to wait two hours yeah. to get in there because the world's—it was just mayhem in Melbourne, yeah, like crossbow yeah. mayhem that weekend. So we went down there and just showed up and we're like, yeah. And Giorgio's like, just got like bottles of wine all over the top of the coffee machine. He's just yeah. like, fucking, and he's such a um, charming, like lovely guy yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a little blase the other day. I just come down to some pop up thing where like if that's up here, like, oh my god, it was so good. Passy's doing something cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah down, down in Melbourne, it's just just some Italian pop up. Yeah. That some chef. It's just doing. just a little thing in that way. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And then, and then last week, yeah, weekend, the weekend just passed. Uh, what is it? Like, what was it, 24th or whatever. Uh, I was in Brisbane for a wedding and 
I've always said that if I ever visit Brisbane, I have to go to Echo Bistro. Yeah. And yeah, finally got to go to Echo Bistro and it was fucking awesome. I like it. said to the people that I, my sister and some friends that we were staying in Airbnb together for the wedding. And before we even like booked it, I was like, all right, well, we're going to Brisbane. I'm going to Echo Bistro. Whoever wants to come can come. And if you don't want to come, I'm going by myself. So if you know, so if you want to join me, join me. But then yeah, everyone ended up joining. We just had a really nice lunch. Like, I, I, do, I just did like entree and main and we had like shared a few desserts and stuff and it yep. was quite nice to dine like that yep. like because been a while. it's been a yeah. while like there's so many shared, <laughs> shared situations going on so like, yeah. everyone had their entree and then you just had a little chill and everyone gets their main and then <laughs> I haven't done that in ages yeah yet. I know and you don't like and like That's you're sharing because you're giving people bites of your stuff yeah. And, yeah. and it's getting yeah. around that way but like you know if you order something like this octopus that we had for entree which was like with some some tomatoes some heritage tomatoes and just beautiful plum and this fermented chili and oh it was so good yeah, yeah. and you know I wouldn't have liked to have shared that whole thing <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to give away a bite or two well, yeah. <laughs> but like three of us at the table ordered it as well yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. so everyone like got what they wanted so that was a good experience I got to I met um, Philip Johnson and had a bit of a chat to, post, sh- yeah. chat to him mm. like so I don't know his, like I really started getting into food when I saw his books originally that my mum had and sort of like passed on to me and yeah he was just a legend and he just that kind of character that's always just kept you know small venues and things like that and hasn't like I mean I, I don't think I've ever seen his face on social media really, yeah, like yeah. and whatever but mm. you know been doing it for a very long time and you know not not really wacky food or anything it's just like really good combos that yep. work well good produce and, yeah yeah know. nice one but um it, it's been great yeah what else do we normally do for interest oh, any, any opening this <laughs> mercury released their top 10 small bars and oh yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. should mention that because yeah. wolf got number one yeah it? wolf but got number one yeah okay there were some funny ones in there um yeah it was, it was about it was about right so what else was in there? I didn't I'd, see it. I'd have probably changed the order, but yeah. Um, yeah I, I so Wolf one, best best Wolf small bar. Board, yeah. right? yeah. Nice, um, good on so, you. So good for them. Are they, do you know if they're seeing any effects of that? Are they? Um... Oh, it came out last night. So oh, okay, righto. Yeah. I assume. Uh, I mean, they're pretty busy. On I think they're busy boys. They're, yeah, anyway. they're, they're busy anyway most nights of the week. So yeah, if they get busier, they'll just be <laughs> to work a bit harder. I'll <laughs> be right. Yeah, yeah they just right. need to so up that capacity. Three of them. Good. Yeah, get that extra 20 in there. Look, get, get that extra toilet. You're done. Yeah. Need more toilets. Just one more toilet. Do you need office space? Get a toilet. Um, yeah, awesome. There's no right. new openings. Is there more than no closings? The, well, I, I, I looked into it. I think um, we mentioned Burnt in Thoreau last yeah. week. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, that's actually closed now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Well, he... What I didn't know when we were talking about it last week is that he actually period. took over the lease for a trial period oh, of three okay. months okay. to see if you wanted to do it and to see how he went and stuff. I'm guessing, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think they've closed closed the doors now or are doing are doing so soon. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah scrap everything we said last week. Yeah, so <laughs> if you want to go visit Burnt, like it, it might be open for the next two days yeah, until the end of I March. Think, but, I think it might have been this weekend almost yeah it might be yeah, yeah so anyway obviously decided not to give it a go in terms of other stuff opening closing I don't really know much I can't no. think of anything no this week there'll be something next week, yeah, next week. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> alright cool uh, that's done let's get on to segment two real talk and um, it was your suggestion Andy to, <laughs> to discuss pokies this week and how it affects hospitality and uh, small businesses 
Um, I, what I'll do is I, I don't want to I don't want to start this conversation now because I'm going to play something in a sec. But do you want to just tell us quickly, Andy? Um, yeah, why why did why did you want to talk about pokies? Um, I I grew up in Mudgee. I, I think Mudgee's the type of place where there like isn't a whole bunch to do, and it's kind of the, this mentality of like young people go out. Not I'm not saying everyone, but like when I grew up, there's a lot of people like it was just sort of go and play the pokies was just a thing. Mm. Um, so you'd go out and grab a beer, and then your mates and go and play the pokies, and then <clears throat> I know I, I, there's a lot of people who've got a lot like a a lot of problems with it and play them too much like I even found myself when I was younger playing them probably way too much and then realising what like what the heck is the point of any of this and then mm. I I think I've just seen things change like more and more like more pokies and more venues um, and Mudgee has a lot of pubs you know Wollongong doesn't have a lot of pubs sort of mm. places that I would call a real pub um, now they're just they just seem to be very much based around pokies and the income from them um, mm. and I, I just more and more have noticed that and more and more would like to see it go the other way of, of it being about food booze and music yep. um, rather than pokies and there's a lot of issues to talk about yeah, yeah. That's, and I there's mean, a lot of ways a big, that it can big, affect it big problem mm, and big it's, yeah it's like it's you know has a like there's people with massive gambling addictions and, and one of the main things I saw I, I was reading an article when I sort of suggested this to you guys about Woolworths targeting people with, like the Woolworths pub, sorry, um, encouraging their managers to target, yeah. Um, yeah. which we'll talk about a bit more, but target like people with addictions, you know. Um, so there's vulnerable people out there and, mm. and, and they're actively sort of like encouraging and making these machines to foster addiction, essentially. Yeah, oh, and making the environment yeah. to keep them playing, to, keep them there. to hit their targets, etc. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I think people in hospitality are affected by it. At yep. quite a high rate yeah. as well, so I think that's where it sort of ties in. Yeah, um, we lose the, chefs to clubs. Let's we'll, look. We'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into all that, but to start the discussion, I had a chat with my friend Emily, who works in New South Wales Parliament as a policy advisor, and I just wanted to have a chat to her to get some facts and stats and to give us a bit of a broad overview of the issue. So we'll start with listening to eight minutes of me talking to Emily. And then we can respond to it and go deeper into all these issues that the ways that pokies affect hospitality and small business. So just to give you some background information, New South Wales has a fairly significant problem when it comes to poker machines. We're second only to Las Vegas in terms of the number of pokies, but Las Vegas is a centralised gambling area where people go and they they intend to gamble and they go back to their community whereas in New South Wales it's in every pub and club on the corner it's in every community there's about 90,000 poker machines in New South Wales 10% of the whole world's poker machines are in New South Wales and it's across every community and so in New South Wales we lose about five and a half billion dollars per year on poker machines and even in the in Wollongong local government area so this doesn't include all of the Illawarra it's just the Wollongong local government area um, the community loses over 160 million dollars per year um, and the government provides data and then it says for the Illawarra local government area that the community puts in about $2 billion per year. Mm-hmm. And so that's the money they're putting in, but they, of course, get some of that money back. Mm-hmm. And each machine is 
is set up differently. So some machines might have an 85% return or some machines might have a 95% return. Mm -hmm. And so we've calculated that based on what the industry tells us. Yep. That, that, that the community will have a loss of about 160 million per so year. When, when we talk about there. these losses, we're talking about the actual amount of money that individuals are losing into poker machines. Yeah, yeah, that they completely lose. And so that's the profit of those clubs and pubs that have poker machines. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of that money will just be going back to a centralized area. And so, particularly, um, it'll be getting money out of a lot of. Um, lower socioeconomic areas and then transferring that to the business and then potentially using those profits to build um, to build infrastructure and more clubs and pubs or even more facilities in higher income areas. So the, the losses, the most significant losses and impacts on the community coming out of regional communities and particularly areas with lower socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if we're sort of following a chain of custody of this money, it go it comes from the wallets of these individuals in some communities, like in some of the southern um, southern Illawarra suburbs where we've got some of the highest unemployment in Australia. Uh, money's money's going into the pokies there, and then it might be taken out of uh, out of these places and and put into the pockets of these big corporations, and then. Uh, and then spent on infrastructure in in higher socioeconomic places, not seeing any redistribution into these areas to try to boost the economies that are also poor in in these areas. Yeah, exactly. Like even in the south of Wollongong, that has recently been designated as really high risk area, mm-hmm. and and so there's a huge amount of loss in that community from poker machines, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing any infrastructure, or you know there might be some some small buses and things, but it's not really worth that loss. So if you think about the broader impacts upon the community in terms of debt and domestic violence, the the, the facilities that the clubs are providing are just is that it's incomparable to the losses that the community suffers. When you read about the harm that's caused by poker machines in the media, much of the consequences are described by the harmful effects it has on individuals and on families and their loss of money and you don't see much attention paid to how it alters local economies how it sort of filters money away from local economies and how it affects small businesses and do you like do you see that in in your sort of work and your experience do you do you see any sort of emphasis on on the issue that it has on how it affects small businesses and 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 smaller local economies? To be honest, we don't, and I found that really interesting to look at. We know we're always talking about the impacts upon um, families and home life and the people that are really being that unfortunately have that addiction to gambling and are being preyed upon by um, the creators of these poker machines. And also, you're essentially propping up small businesses on a quite an unethical basis. So they they have a they're able to supplement their income through people's addictions to poker machines. That mm. you're not allowing small businesses to you know create innovative solutions to profit making. I suppose so. You'll have all these small businesses that are just using the base level of income from poker machines to supplement their income and kind of keep them going. 
is it doesn't allow new small businesses that actually want to make that ethical choice to enter the market and actually provide you know, new ideas on how they can be competitive and especially when it comes to hospitality. A new, a new venue might be really struggling but they might have great food and everything and that's really hard to compare with a mediocre venue that's been supplemented and held up by profits from poker machines. Mm-hmm. Do you see people becoming more aware of the ill effects of poker machines and doing things and taking any action or is it, is it, is it, is it one of those issues that it's really hard to, to sort of institute any change on like a larger level when it comes to sort of the mentality of the public? There's a definite movement um, towards designating venues or marketing venues as pokey free. So there's a, mm-hmm. in New South Wales and, and it is Australia, there is a proudly pokey free site that you can go on and there's even an app that you can go on and you can identify venues that are, are pokey free. And I, th- I suppose the reasoning behind getting that is that people are becoming more aware of the impacts associated with poker machines and so they want to make an ethical choice Mm -hmm. and so then they're hoping that that will provide these venues that are making that choice a competitive advantage because people are choosing to go to poker free venues Mm -hmm. i know in sydney that's been really successful i think It'll start coming down to the Illawarra, but it might take a little longer. I just had a look at the Proudly Pokies Free, and there was a couple of venues identified in the Illawarra. But I'm sure there's a lot more in the Illawarra that are actually Pokies Free, but they just aren't marketing themselves mm, yeah. um, as, as really having that as a draw card. I know that, like the Lansdowne and the Unicorn, which are both owned by um, or part owned by. Jake Smyth, and he's from the South Coast, he markets his venues as pokey-free because he knows that people in Sydney and in regional communities don't want this continued reliance on poker machines. And having poker machines in every pub and club is so unique to New South Wales. Mm. So in Western Australia and other jurisdictions who have thriving hospitality industries, they do that without poker machines. In Western Australia, their poker machines are only in casinos. Mm-hmm. So I think while, while people in New South Wales, they kind of accept having poker machines around them, it's not really until you look elsewhere and you, you realise how big a problem New South Wales has and that we can, have, we can have a perfectly functioning society without these poker machines in every street corner. It seems to me like it is completely the influence of lobbying powers in New South Wales that has allowed that to continue and it is just growing exponentially the harm that it's doing on communities so the losses that people suffer is growing and growing. Mm. Yeah, so I think in the gong you have that's 3,000 machines Yeah, across 70 venues, so 30 hotels and 38 clubs. Everyone thinks it is a lot of older people going and um, playing pokies which... When you do go to a venue, you you do see a lot of um, elderly people playing, but they don't put in nearly as much amount as young men do. So young men are actually the biggest spender or the biggest losers when it comes to poker machine loss. And so if you think about different things that young men could be spending their money on, you know, money would alternatively be spent on food and entertainment or other more positive areas like, you know, recreation and sport in the community. That was... 
confronting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Like when Some you, of the stats are pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. When you look at the actual numbers, <coughs> um, like you know there's a problem, but when you hear someone like lay it out like that, it's that's fucking scary. Mm. Yeah. This like, almost hasn't been, from researching it, there hasn't been a statistic that haven't been like, is that right? Yeah. Like, is that, yeah. Is yeah. That, are they serious? It's like, almost unbelievable. Like every single thing, it's, it's the amount of machines, or even like the amount of clubs in Wollongong. And it's just New South yeah. Wales. It's New South Wales yeah. that we're talking yeah. about. Like, I did, I did a little research after talking to him, and New South Wales has about 7.5 million people in the world, in, in the state, and there's about... 7.5 billion people in the world yeah. yet we've got 10% of the world's poker machines yeah. so we've got 0.1% of the world's population and yeah. 10% of the world's poker machines which is pretty yeah, yeah. I think out it's of control a machine for every 100 people or <laughs> yeah. Like that, Same, hey. yeah and so I guess yeah it's like trying to start from the start and talk about some of the points that M brought up there like just just the sheer amount of loss, like the sheer amount of money that is yeah. being lost by members of communities in New South Wales. I, I think that the first thing is to acknowledge that it's weird that New South yeah. Wales has this many machines because yeah. it, it is quite normalised. But I remember when I first moved here and first time I went to a club, I was so confused as to what this place was. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, what <laughs> is yeah. like, is it, is this a casino? Like, because yeah. it's, they're the size of like a small sort of casino in a city in, in the UK. But then there's like restaurants and there's bars and then there'd be fucking karaoke somewhere. Yeah. I was just so confused yeah. as to what was going on, but it was so normalised. Um, and it is a New South Wales problem. There's there's not this many machines in other states, in other countries. Um, so I think acknowledging the fact that there's a lot of machines and that's not normal. Mm. Yeah. I think it's almost like the first step. Pretty far, sort of pretty far from problem. normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's very much normalised. Like it's and M, I mean M's M also makes a point. Like it's things like the reason why it's become so prevalent in New South Wales is because it's such a strong power from a from a gambling lobby and yeah. also money going to government and inaction by government and it's just spiralled out of control. And as you said, it continues to grow. So mm. despite the fact that there is recognition by government that it's a problem. Yeah. It's still growing. Mm. So like it's 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 a little bit hypocritical for the government to recognize that there's a there's a serious problem here, yeah. but at the same time Let the, the problem is exponentially yeah, yeah. E- e- increasing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's 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 acknowledged by the public as well. I think sometimes reading was 80% of people think there's too many pokies or that, yeah. or that they can be a problem. Who are these 20% that don't? Well, think yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like, what are you talking about? Just, the, just, the people that got the link last weekend on the, well, on the trains. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 20% who own clubs and who have you know, yeah, half a million dollar paychecks a year bumped up by this uh, by this, this massive income they get. So let's let's talk about it sort of step by step. So one of the like one of the first first direct effects on small business and hospitality that M identified was the the smaller pubs and places like that because you wouldn't classify large clubs as small businesses, but the smaller pl- pubs and places that are independently owned that have a pokies room that subsidize their profit and their income by having these pokies which means that they don't need to go go about thinking of creative solutions for profiting um and and that sort of is to you know the the detriment of of drinking and food culture and stuff Mm. the the product can be mediocre 
yet pokies allows them to survive. Well, that's what that's probably the main one of the main reasons I thought it was a good topic. Like, obviously, pokies are a massive problem in New South Wales, just in society, in communities generally. But like, as far as how it relates to our our industry, that's probably the biggest factor right there. Is these people don't have to be as creative as you have to be if you don't have yeah. pokies. Um, and it's taking away from like moving our like drinking and food culture forward. Yeah. Because mm. like you, you can just basically, as you say, subsidize it with like pokies and what, what are preying on people's addictions. Yeah. Um, you know, like the comment was made about this sort of the, the Woolworths thing um, targeting um, people with pokey addiction and trying to get them to spend more money. It's like trying to get alcoholics to drink more. Like Yeah, there's, there's in, very, in very strict spending. RSA rules, Ex- but you, exactly. if, if you're an a, a addicted gambler, you can sit there and just go through it and no one, no yep. one kicks you out. No, one, no they you know, encourage, you, encourage okay. you yeah, to yeah, do if, it yeah, more. If anything, they'll, they'll bring you coffee, they'll bring they you encourage beer. encourage you to do it more. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the point. You get rewarded, essentially, that, by these venues. So. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that was the point made. Yeah. Was, that, was that the point made in Tassie recently where they actually found a ledger from a club from the shift manager who was identifying the names oh, of yeah, the people that were in the It was a Woolworths-owned venue. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've got the article right and here. And they were like using yeah. the video cameras to identify yeah, when they were yeah. gambling and then they were like, oh, it slowed down a little bit so we encouraged them to stay by. Yeah, so once it went around with three chips or something like that. To, to get them and they were encouraging them to strike up um, pers- like personal conversations and mm. develop fake relationships with these people mm. so they knew oh, more about them. Gross, eh? <laughs> but <laughs> like a couple of these managers that have since left have come out and said this mm. is what was coming down from the top yeah, for us to meet our budgets. Mm. Um I think yeah. Back to just basically what you mentioned, Steph. Is it's it's taking away from our industry. It's and people we've got chefs making choices to go and work for these places because they get they'll just throw money at them. Yeah. So that's a that's like that's another point that we can touch on. Is it's kind of a separate point. So you know, when it comes to the business itself it might not have to be as creative about yeah. making a good product right. and, and drawing people in. But at the same time, there's these larger clubs and stuff who have such a large amount of income due to their pokies revenue mm. that they can take good chefs out of the industry, people that you might have fostered, both of you might have fostered well, through yeah. an apprenticeship I, or something. I think even if you're a small pub and you've got 10 poker machines, like on average they're worth like 100000 a year to you. So if you've got yeah. an extra million dollars in your bank, yeah. and I mean, and if, you, if you're saying to a chef, like they might come work for myself, Randy, and... And for a qualified in that sort of fifty-five to, to sixty, maybe. But if they go to a club and they get offered eighty for probably what's pretty easy work, it's 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 pretty tempting for a lot of chefs. Well, yeah, easy you know, food, it, yeah, easy yeah, exactly. Work, yeah. I mean, I think I think it was, we, we probably bang on a lot is people not understanding the value of food and, and the value of the work that goes behind it. If your profits are basically propped up by pokey machines, you can sell your food very cheap. Yep. And that gives, it, and then you know, and then if you imagine if, if in a pub you're doing shitty chips or fish and chips, and you go to a place with pokies and, it, and it's ten bucks, and you go to a, a small cafe and they're charging eighteen bucks for fish and chips, of course you're going to go like, well, how can't you do it at that price? Yeah, these guys are doing it at that price, and people do say that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. No, no, that's how a, that's can the North Gong do a seven fifty yeah. schnitzel? Yeah, because they've got thirty poker machines out the back. Yeah, that's how, you know, like yeah, they, they can, and we yeah. can't match they, they their can prices. Lose money. Up the road food. at two smoking barrels, yeah, because mm. we don't have any poker machines. Yeah, I mean they they could run at a loss with their food, and it wouldn't make well, a, a massive difference. Uh, these, to, to I know profit. people that a couple of people that have worked in these or do work in these places, and they 
um, can run their food costs up to 38, 40%. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they don't like, it's not, it's not an issue. Like the issue yeah. is how, how at, and at their big meetings and stuff, the issue is gaming. It's not, if that's down and boots. 0.2 of a percent yeah. or something, there's a problem. But if mm. food's up, it's like, oh, whatever, I like just feed people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people get a bit of the food and they'll have a little slap. Mm. Mm. Which is, it's a, it's a <coughs> fucking sad state of affairs, I think. For, and, and that's how it relates to our industry and that's how it's taking away from mm. our industry and our food and drinking culture. And the other, I guess the other point as well, we've talked about before about how, <clears throat> and you just touched on it, Simon, people people not realising the value of food and being unwilling to pay a certain amount for mm. it. Well, there's probably people who have come into a restaurant and complained about the price of food because they don't have any money because they spent a few hundred <laughs> well, bucks on the weekend on yeah, the pokies. That's so if, if, if it wasn't such a big issue, if and M identified young males as being the people that spend the most money on yeah. the pokies, if... If you're not spending that, putting that money through the pokies, then you do have more money to yeah. to support small businesses and go eat yeah. out one extra night a, a week yeah. or whatever yeah. it might be and I, support your local economy. I think it goes into perceived value again. Is that people? I was talking to uh, Jesse from uh, his work there, and people scoff in about like eight dollars for a, for a beer or even ten dollars for a beer. Yeah, um, but it's. It, maybe generalizing a bit but it's the same sort of people who will have no problem putting 20 bucks in and yeah. 20 bucks in and putting 100 bucks in, in, a, in a poker machine and thinking they're you know, justifying it for or it's a bluff or I might win or, or whatever it is but they're still losing money for some flashing lights and a bit of music and drinking but, drinking the cheap well, yeah, yeah yeah but then spending you know a couple of dollars extra on a beer seems like 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 we're, we're doing something wrong for that like for selling a beer at that, that price it's, it's kind of like oh yeah. how, how dare you yeah. like how dare you sell food for that price sorry but we have to survive yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but there's no problem feeding money into a poker machine yeah so it's that perceived value thing like they obviously see playing the pokies as as more of an experience more of a fun time than, than drinking some nice nice booze with your friends mm. Mm. and I mean but that, not even that it's, yeah like it's not just which one's better than the other but like one it's fine and one it's unethical to, yeah, yeah, to sell yeah. you food or drinks at that price. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. doesn't really weigh it. Like, makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's good that um, <coughs> it's good that there's places in Sydney. Um, the pokey free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The website just mentioned proudly pokey's free. It's all there's a map on there of where you can go. I mean, Sydney's the most um, <clears throat> like the biggest area mm. covered on there yeah. as mm. far as like. Um, venues that are putting their hand up and doing it. There's venues that have like got taken over, like places have been taken over and yeah, just gotten rid of the pokies. Yeah. Um, families don't necessarily want to sit there and eat like with their kids while they can hear the pokies in the background, um, which is completely understandable. Yeah. But I think if, it, if you're an ex, you know, ex addict, when, I mean, exactly. In, like, years the music, just the tunes like, playing. Where would you go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a massive yeah. part of it. Oh, it literally is like a couple of like, like, kids think, thinking it's a part of life. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. That's, yeah. that's probably what they're thinking. Like, I mean, I think the problem being is is that Sydney, obviously, different market. That there's enough people to support these places. Yeah, yeah. If the North Kong, for example, which great pub, love going there. Um, if they got rid of all their pokies, like, are they a viable business now? Like, you know, would would people still go there? So I think there's mm-hmm. there's definitely a um, definitely say food then, costs would go through. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Price yeah. Of the but I mean, would the, go yeah. Up a there's, there's, there's addiction from the from the owners and then even up to the sort of government of that of that money. Which then makes it hard to, to do to make a big jump. Like you know, imagine you you bought 
one of these older pubs that have poker machines in, how how hard would that decision be to like get rid of them? Yep. And basically bank on people coming in and spending money on food and drink. Mm. Like that, that'd be a very hard choice for a, yep. for a business mm. owner. At, at, at this stage, because of the way it's been, like it's, mm. this is what it's become. Yeah. It's you know. So I mean, it, it's a yeah, it's a hard one to. Uh, yeah, and like let's talk about North Gong as a little bit of a case study because. It's an interesting. It's an interesting one, and there are a few elements to it. As you said, Simon, and as all of us think, I agree. It's a great pub, and mm. like I like going there. I yeah. like I, I, I like you know going for a cheap meal if I need to, and you know you make use of it. So it might be a bit yeah. hypocritical, but um, <coughs> you got to go somewhere. They in, in well, the that's world. the thing. Like, they they were independently owned, I believe. Mm. Well, they were they were locally owned. They, yeah. Laundy? Laundy that, Hotels. Yeah. So that, that yeah. I think that that's yeah. actually a, a larger organisation, yeah. but it's not the size of Woolworths. Yeah. They were, they're in just the North Gong with Charles, a um, couple of the pubs around uh, town as in well. In Sydney as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. And then, and so North Gong was taken over by Woolworths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you assume, I don't know, like I don't know whether or not the owners of North Gong had it on the market or not, but I, I'm going to make an assumption here. So please just take it as an assumption. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But like when a company, when an organisation like Woolworths sees places with pokies licences, they've got the money and they want to mm. just snap them up. You know what I mean? So yeah. they've got the buying power to be able to sort of make generous offers to the owners in order to take control of those pokies licences. Yeah. And then what it means is that Wool- the Woolworths Corporation is so large that. North Gong Hotel is just a small part of the, yeah, their well, entity. So Woolworths own 80% of a group. Um, ALH. ALH yeah. that do their pub side yeah. of it. So it's not under the Woolworths. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not yeah. pokies, the fresh food yeah. gambling machines. The community yeah. service yeah. that they <laughs> yeah, could yeah. claim to be. Yeah. So, but they, I think they've definitely been very aggressive in their acquisition of, well, they, of pubs yeah. Yeah. that have pokies for the sole reason of having that pokey income. Well, they've got over 400 pubs with yeah 12,000 poker machines yeah and the pubs that they bought are all the only reason they bought them is because they have high gaming they targeted yeah. all the highest gaming revenue pubs yeah. around South Wales that, actually, they, that they could get their hands on I actually read a really good story about how Woolies and Coles came to end up buying pubs which is I thought was just a really strange little story but they were wanted to open bottle shops in, in Queensland yeah and back in the 90s when they were starting that sort of Acquisitions that they, they you could only open a bottle shop if you owned a pub, and if you owned a pub, you could open up to three bottle shops within a ten k radius. So just a weird bit of legislation, anyway. Yeah, right. So they both Coles and Woolies both started buying pubs up there, and then when they not realizing sort of the the beast said bore, and then seeing after a few months the the pokey income and going holy shit, that's mental, mm. and then and that that just started there their acquisition of more and more pubs yep. so it was a really like weird piece of legislation in Queensland that led to this spiralling thing of, of them realising how much money but where, but where does it end for like what does a pub become I mean we're talking about the North Gone mm. like they also own Balgownie mm. and mm. they you know they renovate these places they, they look the same like yeah. and they set them up the same um, and it, it's a it's a fact like it's in the paper these articles they've proven like managers have come out and said that they're just basically preying on yeah. gambling addicts and people's misery just <coughs> and it's not it's not to, to make the place survive it's just so they can put more money in their pockets like mm-hmm. it's 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 about profits it's not about like helping the community or any or anything or providing yeah. like a, a great bistro or anything like that yeah. it's just purely 
about money. Yeah. I think so that's... what do our pubs become? Well, yeah. Like, I grew up with awesome pubs, like, yeah. in, in our town. They, they had poker machines, but there might have been, like, four or five in the back of some of them. Like, yeah. it's not... 20, 30, 40. And then, yeah, and their, their sole purpose of the... Um, if the manager wasn't to get people to play them, it was to pour you a beer and have a conversation. And, yeah. and the bistro, you know, people took pride in what was coming, like coming out of the bistros. Mm. And but what, you know, what do the, what do these venues become? Where does it end? Like mm. they might as well fucking end up like collegians, mm. like because that's the their sole purpose. That's their primary focus as well, or sole focus. From yeah, what I can pick up. Ah, uh, there's so much. There's so much to get into. There's so much that you can talk about. I think. Um, yeah, like I guess the point with a place like North Kong as well was when it's owned by Woolworths or majority owned by Woolworths, that money, that money is taken away from the local economy and then either put in like into the pockets of the people who own that or put into creating monopolies in other industries as well that in, in, in businesses that they own that take away from small business and local yep. economies in different areas. So, yeah. you know, you've got money that's generated by this pub and then it's put into an account that's owned by this huge corporation that says okay well let's let's see what we can do with this here to to monopolize like in in other areas and stuff as well if it's a privately owned if it's independent if it's an independently owned place then that money whether they are poker machines or not but that money is is the profit of the people that that work there and they might want to open another business in their local area and employ more people in in that city yeah you know that's not the intention of a large company like Woolworths oh well are they I mean where are they getting the produce from for these bistros they're selling at a low food cost like they're sure as shit not buying it off the local fucking fruit and veg guy yeah like yeah it it goes on and on but like I think yeah the point I'm trying to make is what what do these places all become when Woolworths buys them all I think think the the there was a slight distinction between the pubs and the clubs. I'm not 100% sure what it's but clubs definitely have to put in um, a percentage back into the community yeah. at all because obviously they're non-profits. So they have to put their yeah, money somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so obviously um, they, they bulk up all their salaries to quite high. But, um, CEOs but, yeah. get paid a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they go on trips away to go to Vegas to see how they run things here and they spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that, that was in that article. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. It? But, yeah, but some of them, especially the, the big sort of earners in sort of West Sydney, they do put like over a million dollars back in the community well, have so, to, yeah. yeah and some even do sort of sponsor um, gambling addiction clinics which seems like a really <laughs> circular way of like, <laughs> like here be a gambling uh, addict oh no we, we've got a product for you as well so oh, it wow. seems a bit backwards but they do put money into the community um, in small communities like they do provide jobs they do provide cheaper places for people to go out um, documentary I was watching the guy was saying like you know the, the, they are pretty plush the clubs they're like you know, they put a lot of money into their, their decor and stuff and you know, some of these people in lower socioeconomic areas that, that's their night out that's their, their fancy dinner yeah. you know? and, and it does it does mean it's an affordable night out for people so there's there's a kind of um, a need and a want for these places yeah. good points it, it's the yeah it's just the backbone of what they run on but, yeah, as, exactly. as, as M said though she said that this is unique to New South Wales still. Yeah. There's there's places all over Australia and all over the world that have clubs. They have mm. bowling clubs. They have yeah. golf clubs. They have sports clubs and all the rest of it. But they don't have the same amount yeah. of pokies and gambling addiction as we do in New South Wales. And the money does go back into the communities and people do have the option of having a good night out and, yeah. and things like that. It, it, it is just unique to New South Wales, just the sheer yeah. volume of, of, of what we experience yeah. here. So. If the pokey, like, I think that there might be, you know, this really sort of oversimplified black and white that, like, 
well, if we lose the pokies, then we lose the clubs, then we lose all this and stuff yeah. like that. And you just have to sort of like take a look a couple of states over and see what's happening yeah. in Western yeah. Australia. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And the lifestyle over there is fantastic for all sorts of people. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're, econo- they're not economically disparate to New South Wales because we have pokies, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's always the worry when you, and that's normally the argument from anything where the government makes a lot of money is, is that we wouldn't, you know, government wouldn't make those taxes and it's like 5-8% of New South Wales revenue is from pokey, mm. pokey taxes which is crazy but obviously they, the government want to keep it going because they make money from it the club owners want to keep it going because they make money from it and they use these same arguments of, of, of um, you know, employment of tax but if people weren't putting $12 billion a year into pokies that's $12 billion that could be spread out you know spent on other business or you just have more money to to go to these to buy a anyway. house, so, yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah. come, yeah, or come to come to a restaurant, and then we have to give ten percent of that to, to the, the government, government anyway. Yeah. The but other like, thing I read last night, so it's, they're getting it yeah. one way or another. Um, clubs get uh, GST rebate for their back from their first two hundred thousand they make from pokies. <laughs> like that's like, like it just gets worse and worse the more you talk I about. It. I, was, I was saving that one because I was like, but okay. but like the I mean, you talk about these. These people like okay, it might be their night out or whatever in certain, certain whether it's a, I guess more rural, <coughs> rural or country sort of community mm. or or not even or in a city it could just be their their night yeah, out. But, but city, what's a night out about? Service. Is a night out about sitting in front of a poker machine and not talking to the people you're out with? It's about yeah. this isn't about sharing a meal, a drink, maybe listening to some live music. So if that like. You talk about that's their night out. Well, what should their night out be about? Like yeah, playing a fucking yeah. poker machine or mm. spending time with some people? Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. Probably the latter, I, I would say. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. like Steph said, it's not. It's <laughs> look at look at everywhere else except New South Wales. Yeah, like when you're in the states, like I, I'm going to. You go to a what I guess a pub or a bar, but like you have to go to a casino if yeah, you want to gamble. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like they're not. You just don't see a poker machine anywhere. Right? It's it's funny. I've got the exact same anecdote as you had, Simon, when you came here. But I, I, I had a few friends visiting um, from Hawaii, Hawaiian boys. Mm. This was down on the south coast, and we went to the Tomican Sports and Social Club down near Batemans Bay. Down oh, there. yeah, and they've got a lot of pokies in there. And they were like, "You got Wi-Fi here?" I didn't have Wi-Fi in my in the house yeah. down there. And I took them to the Tomican Club to. Uh, to use the Wi-Fi and I didn't think anything of it but yeah. when I watched them walk into the place they were like what the fuck is this yeah, place so like <laughs> it was just like is this a casino like exactly yeah. like you were saying and stuff and then there's just like these couches that we were sitting on using the Wi-Fi and the bistro they used to do three dollar lunches which was a roast of the day and veggies and stuff but they've, they've since bucks. upped it I think it's at about a, it's about five or six dollar lunch oh, now oh god nah, nah. You can, I'm going there nah, nah. And they were like, because like, they were traveling as well. I was like, what? The lunch is three bucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, three, wow. Three bucks. Yeah, it's just, oh, God. It's Next like thing, they're all just, over there. Like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. The Here's a $5 oh, note. Why don't you just yeah. throw it in there and see what happens? I, I, they just never leave Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that's actually the other thing is that, like, just being so confused by them, and then someone might sort of pl- played a bit. And then finally sitting down and being like, right, so what, what do I do here? And they're like, so you press that button. Yeah, put, like, put your money in, press that button, and then just press that button. You're like, is that it? <laughs> is that what you do? Because like, like gambling machines in the UK have got like, they're like so complicated, and there'll be like things spinning, and you've got to guess the number, and it'll be like, 
a trivia question and then someone else will come up then you're on like a snakes and ladder board that's, that's and like, inefficient and then oh yeah yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah taking yeah, people's money and, yeah, and, and you might win 20 pounds yeah. if you get the jackpot but that, and there'll be one machine in the pub but at least they're a bit more interactive like pokies and the first thing you do you're like this is ridiculously boring but then you can definitely sit there with your mates and just all slapping away and be like, oh, it's actually quite exciting. It's too easy. Like, exactly. yeah. You're like, oh, oh feature. Someone gets a feature, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, so you, you, times five. You, you very quickly go from being, what is that? This looks really boring. I just tap that button to being like, oh, feature coming, boys. Yeah. And like, yeah, like it, you can, you can definitely see the, why some people would very much get addicted to it because I mean, oh, they're, well, they're designed to be well. addictive yeah. yeah it was based on a, a study on mice where if they gave them lots lots of little random treats the mouse would like hit this button like all the time rather than giving it like <laughs> treats at different intervals so like normal normal gambling machines you get like you need basically like jackpot or, or nothing but poker machines give you that little little win little taste well, well that's the thing that it's, is, it's a win you call it a win but when you put it's a you win disguise 20, 25 cents a loss disguise yeah. is a win yeah. when you bet 25 cents and you get 30 cents back it feels like a win because it advertises a win you get the, the, the bells and whistles mm. and the flashing lights but you've lost money but those little wins just keep 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 people going mm. and they, they, they really are designed as addiction machines mm. and that, that's where the kind of the nefarious kind of part comes in definitely they're, they're they're made to make people keep putting too much money in and more money in. And that, yeah. that's the scary part. Um, yeah, that it, it's, and, and, that's, and that's why it's such a problem. And that's why I guess we all like, you know, have these opinions about it. And it's an important issue as well. It's like, it's not just like people making the choice to go to a casino and go gamble. It's just that it's ever present. And then at the same time, it's designed to be, like we know that addiction's bad. It's sort of no matter what you're addicted to. Well, I mean, mm. maybe if you're addicted to, I don't know, saving people's lives, then cool. But like, <laughs> you're overly aggressive. You, you know, <laughs> Between the flags, <laughs> like just like <laughs> you work here, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like yeah, that's it. They're designed to be addictive. You know, everyone knows that. There, there was even that case recently as well that they they were blocking out the gamble buttons yeah. and stuff on um, certain machines. So you know, if you win a dollar, you can gamble. You can guess red or black, and that can become two dollars. Mm. But I think that like there's potential there for the percentages to decrease of that venue because yeah, right. because if if people gamble correctly, like that's the only part that can take any sort of random. skill. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, actually yeah, random. Yeah. If people gamble correctly, then they can actually take more money out so they, were, they they put like tape basically over right. the gamble buttons on the machine yeah, so people in, wouldn't gamble Star Casino I think I'm going to look into it now yeah 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 it was it, yeah, it was at the start the lower, you, could, you could only do like the, all the reels and things like that as well yeah um, and apparently it was, it was on a trial basis but as soon as they got found out that was when the trial ended yeah so so yeah that's I mean the fact that it's like and, and that's why you know M used the, the term preying on people because that's what it is it's mm. it's preying on people you know that people are susceptible to addiction and you're making it very easy for people to become addicted um, just moving on to a different point one other question that I asked M was in her line of work like when they talk about negative consequences of poker machines they more focus on the effects on individuals and how you know they, they don't have the money it might cause problems with families or in the household drinking problems and things like that that are more sort of effects on an individual level and this is someone that works in new south wales parliament however there's there's really no emphasis and no studies done 
on the actual effect of the economics and how it affects small businesses and competition and stuff in the areas. So, mm-hmm. like, when we think about gambling addiction and pokies consequences, we think about, you know, people mostly think about how bad gambling addiction is. It's a public health issue. But it's it's really... The, the discussion that we're trying to have now about how it affects small businesses and hospitality isn't doesn't really come up, which... Mm-hmm. I just found interesting as well. She works in, you know, New South Wales yeah. Parliament, and and it's not a discussion they often have. Yeah. So, that's an interesting one as well. Like maybe yeah, scope somewhere for a study to be done to see how how hard it is to compete with a yeah. big public club. Well, it's, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's plain and simple. Yeah. It becomes yeah. a, a, a you know, unlevel playing field when people can, like I said, sell sell their food at cheap prices when they can afford to you know, pay their chefs um, a lot of money and. You know, chefing's notoriously long hours, hard work, not a lot of money. So there's, I think, and most chefs kind of have to make this decision at some point is do you keep working as long hours for less money and really try and push on because you want to you know, do your own restaurant at some point or you yep. want to create something. But for a lot of people, it's not like that. And that's fine. It's just a job. Just, yeah. So if someone's offering you 20 grand more for, for eight hours less a week, yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, you're going to take it. Mm. Um, and I mean, and, and that's... Yeah, that's that's their, their model of getting better and chefs in. There's so many sort of micro effects that you can think of how something like that happens. So if if a person continues to work for either of you guys, they'll gain an education on what it means to make healthy food choices in terms of you know buying locally and buying mm. organically possibly, or you know making sure that the animals that they eat are ethically raised. However, that education does not transfer in the kitchen of a big club or something like that. It's yeah. just the the cheapest possible cuts of meat yeah. sort of going under a salamander and yeah. whatever it might be yeah. into the deep fryer yeah. and when that person like there's an opportunity there for that that person to be educated and then to educate their children or educate other people in the same way that you know in the same way that you've educated them being 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 their chef when they're an apprentice or you whatever it is yeah that you'd hope um but you know, and then that's and you know that that lack of taking that opportunity for education, you know, carries on down the line. There's people yeah. making worse health health like you know in terms of what they're eating for their health, or in terms of how they're sourcing their food, or in terms of the the, the food miles that have been travelled by by food and things like that. You know, that sort of all carries on down the line. So yeah. you know, there's numerous micro sort of like little yeah. S- yeah. subsidiary issues that happen as well. It can be the other way as well, is that. Obviously, clubs being thirty-eight clubs in Wollongong, apparently that they're, they're a big employer of, of chefs of apprentice chefs. So, and in, if you know if you're looking for that that first job, that that might be all you can get, or you just take that job because you don't know any better. Then you, then you realise you like food and you want to go work somewhere else. And you might you might have even done your whole apprenticeship, and then you say you're a qualified chef, and then you go to a good restaurant, and we're going to look at you and your skill set because you might not have learned um, you know, a lot of these a lot of these things. And you're not going to get a job over an, an apprentice who's starting from scratch. Definitely. Well, there's like, no... You'd have no idea, like a, a chef coming from a club that came mm. to Babyface or Kibo. They would just have get... absolutely no idea what we were even doing. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly, what the yeah. products were, where they came from, like yeah. how to cook any of it. Like it would be starting yeah. from scratch with someone. Yeah. Mm. And if they come to you as a qualified and you're like going to pay you, you know, $20,000 more than a, than a, than a, than a first-year apprentice yep. who I can sort of mould from scratch yeah. it's, it's a pretty easy choice really well, well, that, I, you I don't need to be qualified to work in a, in a, in a pub I worked, at, in, oh, I worked yeah, at, yeah. in the North Con kitchen as a yeah, uni yeah. student Steph yeah, yeah. chef <laughs> I actually came up with the seven finish nitty <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that little pump no, you, you would have been up to nine dollars I carried it through till today 
should be seeing some royalties from that idea. Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah, it is, yeah. So it affects the over, overall sort of talent point, yeah. pool of Wollongong chefs, which which is it is isn't the best. It is a struggle to to find uh, chefs with a high skill level. Um, and I think a lot of that is because the options of, of places to work for these apprentices are, are slim and limited and a lot of them end up working at clubs where it's opening a packet and you know that's easy yeah and, and I think like there are like if you had a look at the amount of apprentice jobs and chef jobs available not just in Wollongong but like south of here north of here um a lot of those jobs probably would be in in one of these venues that we're yeah, talking yeah. about because yeah, they, nice. they are you know the majority I think of the positions available and the volume the amount of people going through these places um, like there's a lot of people that go to that go to Shelley's you know um, it's a massive venue like there's a lot of people that mm. go to Collegians so there's work there mm. um, but I think yeah, again the normal like this, the prices at these places like that's what attracts people that might live in my building or whatever which is right near Collie's like um my apartment building they just sort of duck over there because there's like four restaurants in there now or something yeah um, and the, I don't think that people even you guys mentioned it before I, I don't think people ever think about like how that's affecting like you know what our prices are or what or what the prices are up the road at, at, at a bistro or because mm. they can go there and it's cheaper and just becomes normal without them even yeah. knowing why it's normal like it's yeah. like oh why does this cost and, and, this much somewhere else like why yeah. is a pizza yeah. this much at, at Lupa or when I can get like there's a pizza joint now at mm. Collie's and I guarantee it's cheap yeah mm. um, and they, they look great like the, the little bistro they got in uh, Builders like if, if the the picture they got on the website is like just the restaurant it looks amazing like it's all like really like yeah it's all like like, um, like bricked out and like looks beautiful but then when you're actually in there and you step back and then there's like the blue carpet up yep. to the point yep. where it's really nice and there's a pokey's going off the background loses a bit of it a bit of its fizz but like if you just look at the <laughs> restaurant you're like holy shit I think I saw an advert for it. I was like, "Where's that?" And I'm like, "What? Looks pretty hectic." I'm like, what's in the builders? Yeah, it's <laughs> like like colleagues. Like they, I mean, you talk. You were talking about how they have to either put the money because they're not for profit. Put them. They can't show a mm. profit, so they put the money back into the community. They have to do X amount per year, whether it's yeah. um, sponsorships of local teams or whatever, or they have to renovate basically. Yeah, yeah. Put the money back into the clubs. Why well, So colleagues just did this giant renovation. <coughs> we ended up going there. Myself, Jen, and a couple of people from work. I'll just tell this story really quickly. We, I think I've told you guys before. We, we went there. Um, it was a public holiday weekend, and there was nowhere to go for a beer. So we thought, oh, we'll just go down and sit in the like, area opposite the gaming room and have a beer at this little bar that's there. So we went down, and um, there was two, four, there was six or seven of us, um, the youngest person being Jen. So like, we're all between 28 and 40 years old. Um, and we went in, it was quarter to midnight or something. We had two beers at this little bar and then like, oh, we're closing this bar. So you kind of have to, you have to move over to the gaming area. But we said, oh, we don't really want to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. We're just here for a beer and a chat. And then, so we sat on this little weird island as you walk into Collie's near the bridge there. And we were just talking like we are and having a beer. We'd had two drinks and I went to get around and the lady worked, oh, young, young lady working there sort of said to me, oh, you can't you guys are gonna have to come up individually no more rounds for you guys i said how come like we just you know we just got here she said oh you, you we've had to put you guys on intox watch um being quite loud and blah blah and i'm like no we're not we're just having a conversation and we're not playing the poker machines is mm-hmm. what the problem is and there's people on the poker machine staring at us because we're just joking and having a beer yeah. and then 
so we ended up oh, they would they kept watching us and stuff and we had another beer and then like I, I just want I just wanted to go so Jenna and I left but we like while we're sitting there watching there's there's guys playing these one dollar machines um, and they're bringing like they're pressing a button and they're bringing them booze to the machines yeah, yeah. Mm. but we're on Intox watch because yeah, after yeah. two beers cause we're, and we're not like 18 yeah but like, this is what's happening in yeah. these places. If you want to go for a beer, there, yeah, 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 they'll, they'll like, bring you beer. They'll bring you food. Like, it's like, crazy. But like I saw Shelley's has a little menu on the yeah, thing. Like, and I saw like chips. the new this renovation. That's like one of the kitchens is worth more than my entire <laughs> fucking restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Yeah. There's like, and there, have you guys actually seen it? No, I'm, just I'm, go I'm, in there and we, look at it. Like, it's oh, like, we actually tried to get into Collie's on the book launch. Yeah, yeah, and because <laughs> oh like, yeah, okay, that would have worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well. <laughs> That point didn't help, but we, we couldn't get in because we'd lived within 5Ks. Oh, okay. So, oh, no, you were yeah, um, pissed. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, no, we couldn't get into the builders because we were pissed. Yeah, 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 we couldn't yeah, get into colleagues because yeah. we lived within 5Ks. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> and they make you did, pay did the five bucks. Yeah. But it's an interesting point, though, Andy, because as M said... Um, and as we've talked about, there is there there is a platform called Proudly Pokies Free, and it is for people who choose not to, for an ethical or for a moral reason, go to Pokies venues because they see them as a negative contributor to you know certain parts of health in our society, and it links back to what we were talking about licensing last week. There's times there's times in Wollongong that if you want to go and have a beer out somewhere. You do not have an option to go to a place that is pokies free. Well, that's why we were there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why you were there. Yeah. You don't have an option to exercise your moral, you know, your your morality. Yeah. You have to go somewhere and 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 have this. And at the same time, you know, as Luke talked about last week, it's very difficult for him to get a twelve, like a midnight license for a Sunday. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, so after ten o'clock, after ten o'clock on a Sunday, you'll be struggling to find a place that doesn't have pokies. And if you if you if you are you know very hard line in your views and you you say I just refuse to go to a place that has pokies then you have to go home yeah and that's that's not very fair is it like well, I would I would have done that but yeah, like yeah. there were you know with six I, or seven other people I'm going to say guys I'm not coming in here because there's poker oh, machines yeah. you know what I mean like but yeah. I honestly don't like giving them my six bucks yeah. for a beer yeah but I mean like, like <laughs> I said like so you want to go and I think that feeds the addiction as well because if someone were addicted to gambling and wanted to actually kick it. A lot of time that would mean just not being able to go out yeah, with I your can't. friends, and, and like yeah. t- taking like taking one thing away is, is one thing, but taking away like your social life with all your friends, and I think this yeah. is where it affects hospitality workers because, especially more if you finish at twelve o'clock um, on any night of the week and you want to go for a beer, your options are super low. What is it? Builders, so, builders, colleagues. Yeah, so I mean, if you've got to go to builders at, at twelve o'clock and you'll you'll see massive chefs, hospitality people all there and everyone will go have a little play because they are tempting and you, you do want to wind down and um, and they just they happen to be there so it does affect hospitality people a lot because we work these strange hours and because of the way licensing has gone and a lot of other bars and pubs can't get those late licenses but builders allowed to be open until 4am Steelers allowed to be open until 6am yeah what's the, like, the Steelers and Collies hours don't they only have to shut for like an hour or, like, or two or something yeah like two hours or something like that that's yeah. just, it's insane it might be four hours now or something but, but yeah they, they can basically yeah be open I think they close at six and they reopen at like ten or something but the wolf can't get a, a two hour extension on their license yeah like yeah, yeah. What, that is so like fucking mm. yeah and then that's where like, that, that policy is, is fed into to you know it's, again it's the same thing in Sydney like they want to 
they make so much money the tax revenue from pokies they want to funnel people to the casino in Sydney or they yeah. want to funnel people to the clubs at clubs in Illawarra um, and it seems like they've been making policy in other areas to to facilitate that and uh, it's a bit of a bit of a worry visit Wollongong yeah, yeah. it's got like ching 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 yeah it's got I love the gong pokey machine yeah but the Proudly Pokies Free website is great like yeah so get on that everyone Google. in Wollongong I think everywhere you'd assume wouldn't have pokies doesn't have pokies and everywhere you assume would have pokies has pokies mm. do you mean like in Wollongong you'd be like well you could just, you just know that like these small bars aren't going to have them but mm. the big pubs are I don't know like, like I can see like I mean obviously Sydney's a different thing but I mean places like the Lansdowne about the size of Northgong yeah, like yeah. If, if there's if you've got the right people who want to make the right decisions I can see the Northgong being independently owned and pre- yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well the so music is what's bringing people in on yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundays yours and ours yeah. on Sundays yeah, yeah. Sundays are bouncing again in Northgong like, when, I, when I first moved here they were busy it was a completely different crowd it's so weird being in Northgong now and seeing oh, this, this different different crazy. thing going on but um, you know Sundays there sort of died off for a couple of years but now it's, it's packed every Sunday with yours and ours boys doing the music there and I, I doubt very much that a lot of that clientele are playing the pokies at any point it's a night. really good young crowd yeah. of crowd of kids it's gone yeah. from like I used to watch guys in like muscle, muscle shirts walking yeah, yeah. up the back stairs with a protein yeah. shake now it's just you with your <laughs> now it's just, just, just you it's just you with your now it's now it's a bunch of um, now it's a bunch of like good young kids there to listen to the music and have yeah. a good, it's re, it's actually yeah, it's, a really cool vibe there on a Sunday. Well, that's the thing yeah. about there is a market for that in Wollongong. Wollongong well, has a population of like, like you know socially and environmentally conscious young people that want yeah. to support independent venues. Yeah, yeah. you know, so there is a market there. Yeah. Like people are going to to Northgong, but. There's probably people out there that would prefer to go to North Kong if it didn't have buggies as well. But they yeah, probably yeah, don't know who yeah. owns it either. Like, well, so I've, yeah, told, yeah. I've surprised so many people with that. Why, why does Bullworth yeah, own yeah. that? It's yeah, yeah. Well, where it's do not, we start? It's another one of those things you find when you're in hospitality, you know these things, you think it's a given, and then when people don't know it, because why would they? You're like, do you know that? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, everyone knew that. <coughs> and we, yeah, we have this sort of specialised knowledge sometimes of, of things that you assume is... Random is, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's wider known. But um, yeah, probably a lot of people don't know that, that Woolworths own pubs. Yeah. Well, now you know, if you're listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know all about yeah, we're it. We're doing yeah. our little bit to educate <laughs> yeah, the public. Yeah, yeah. Woolworths own pubs. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts on this topic, guys? Because there's, I mean, like all these things that we talk about, we can just sit here and harp on for hours. But mm. I mean, there's a fair bit there. I think that we've um, touched on a few issues that generally don't get spoken about yeah. enough or very much at all. Yeah. So I think for, for all the positives that people can say that the, the pokies bring, which I think are quite few and far between, but putting money back in the community, that the, the amount of tax revenues come from it. Um, the main point is is that these machines are really are designed to bring people in and to exploit them and the people who make them and design them fully admit this mm. um, they'll talk and they're know, proud of it yeah yeah basically yeah because you know that's their job like, the guy who writes the sort of algorithm for it it's, it says like that they're ridiculous like they're such a bad bet so these things are, are designed to, to get lure people in keep them there and to sort of stoke their addiction mm. so no, no matter what the benefits are there's how many machines was it in New South Wales 60,000 was it? I can't remember what it was. That's insane. Yeah, 60,000 things that are there to, to, to make people addicted. And, and that's pretty fucked. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the other, the other big point is that New South Wales is a unique 
case study worldwide. Mm. It's it's unique to Australia and it's unique to the world. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. you know, that's kind of you know why we wanted to have this conversation. Yeah. I, guess. I think that's a, the, probably the most important point. Yeah. yeah. About it and the point that everyone else is fine. It doesn't have to be like that. And I think the only people that can really do anything about it, I mean, you can buy a venue and get rid of the pokies, okay, but not many people have the money, like $2 million or, or $5 million to buy a pub and throw the pokies out. Well, that's probably yeah, having um, the pokies stokes the price up. Yes. So if you buy, buy the well, pub, you, the you can sell the licenses. I know people, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you yeah, can yeah. buy them and sell the licenses. Yeah. Every, um, every one you sell, you or every three you sell, you've got to get rid of one of them. Worth, which, which, is, yeah. which is a government scheme, which yeah. means. They do go out of circulation. Oh, they're so just doing their. They're just doing their bit. The government. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> but on. I think that yeah. In conclusion, that's who can do something about it mm. is the government. Yeah, but all, like, I, I, and I get, but I guess as well for the community out there, if you like, how how what do I do then? You know, I think just also, like, just be conscious of it, and then also you know when you go to Sydney, check out Proudly Pokies yeah. Free, or if you if you if you feel like you've got an addiction to pokies and you're spending too much money on them, then there's help support services out yeah. there like you know if you think that it's something that is unsustainable in your life then then you can try to take steps to to not not yeah. have that as a part of your life anymore. yeah i think like as with everything is to vote with your feet go, yeah. to, go to the places like you know if, you, if you're gonna go for a beer with the boys maybe don't go to the club maybe you know go to dagwood if, or you, go to if you can Helen Wolf or whatever it's good go to a yeah. bar there's no pokies um you know go out for, go out for food an independent place um you know show, show what you want uh, in your community with, with where you go and where mm. you spend your money I think that's that's kind of yeah without was exactly actually, actually yeah. one more little <clears throat> point I wanted excuse me, to make before we finish was Broadsheet put an article out a couple of weeks ago about this club like I think it was in Bankstown or something or they've got this chef in there who's doing uh, this Chinese restaurant or whatever and he'd worked somewhere somewhere good or but mm-hmm. the, it's like the title was like clubs are upping their food game to stay in touch they're, yeah, they're yeah. not upping their fucking food game to stay in touch they're upping their food game so you keep coming what in you, there to play the fucking pokies do you it's think like, that guy approached them or do you think that they offered him your, a friend I just think that's up, a yeah. bit irresponsible of what's pretty good mm. publication that's it, it, massive support for our industry I'm not, yeah. I'm not like dissing broadsheet but for that article I kind of am like I wrote something on. I don't write anything on Facebook, and I wrote like exactly what I just said. That's yeah. been up in yeah. the fucking food game for that reason. Yeah, yeah but it's also like I mean, the, the, that's such a simplified, simplified yeah. headline. Like, it's like yes, how many are clubs are there in New South yeah. Wales, and how many have you looked at? Like, you've got like one or like a couple of case studies where there's like an experienced good chef out there that's bringing good food to a club. Like, yeah, yeah cool. Like two. Yeah, but like <laughs> the menu at the majority of the other clubs is the same yeah yeah I mean, they, like they, exactly the yeah, same yeah actually there's one guy places. writing yeah. it yeah. I mean, they printed so the fact without the nuance because you know clubs are up in their their food game but it, it's they, they know that people that dining is, is a burgeoning industry and more people want to go out for, for nice food and if they've got nice food there then you know dad might go have a Ooh. slap yeah Maybe back. that's a new way of them Take entering in. the, you know, getting some new gamblers well, you know, well, on board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is really. I mean, I'm sure they're they're quite proud that they're upping their food game, but yeah, they're, they're still. I just they're, thought it was they're, like they're still fun. Yeah, they're still funded by by the fucking jingle machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, right, All right, cool. cool. Let's uh, leave it there for real talk. So for show and tell, it's my turn to do it. I was gonna, I, I was gonna go out and dive for some weird, interesting stuff, and we could have tasted it and stuff. But what I think we're gonna do is, what, what I want to do is do it in two stages. I want to sh- show and tell my dive equipment and talk about sustainably harvesting food from the sea. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then in the next one, I can get some shit and we can eat yeah, it nice. and talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, 
I'm just fucking moving my bed here. And and I'll also like I guess I'll give you guys the opportunity to <laughs> get out of the way. Hey, ask me ask me ask me some questions about 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 spear fishing, diving. Um, yeah. How's this cigar? Steph has a I'm, giant I'm, I'm, spear I'm, gun. I'm wielding a spear gun at the moment. That's why these guys are worried. Quite frantically as well. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just waving it around. Um. So yeah, like I guess one of my favourite things to do is to go spear fishing and to go diving. And th- I guess one of the reasons why I, I chose these things to show and tell was because I uh, like. There was a photo of Annalise Gregory on front on the front of mm. um, Good Food a couple of weeks ago, you know, diving for abalone yeah. and things like yeah. that. And um, yeah, I don't know, like it, it's 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 all a part of sort of connecting to your food and knowing where it comes from and stuff. Definitely. And like, there's no better for me. There's no better feeling than going out and getting your own seafood, like whether it's fishing or diving or just you know foraging or you know finding stuff in rock pools. You can you can even do. Um, there's just a really big world out there, but I think. People are quite familiar with the world of fishing with a rod, um, mm. and so I'm not going to show you my rod. Get your rod, rod out, Steph. Yeah, I know. Uh, a photo of Steph's <laughs> rod will be on his Instagram later if you want to check that out. Um. <laughs> so yeah, like so, one of the cool things, like as I said, people aren't aren't as familiar with spear fishing and diving for abalone or urchins or whatever it is, as as much as they are fishing. Um, and one of the things that I love about spear fishing, not only that it's a sort of like an exercise and a challenge, but the the variety of stuff you can pull out of the ocean when you're diving for it is is broader than if you're just fishing. So if you're fishing, mm-hmm. you catch fish. But if you're diving, I have the ability to harvest in one dive. I can harvest um, crayfish or like lobsters, abalone, sea urchins, sea snails, um, sea weeds sometimes. Yep. Uh, octopus squid and and fish pretty cool so you, you can get a whole bag of you know mixed interesting items and um yeah and it's really cool like like it takes a little while to learn and and i think that one of the reasons also that i wanted to talk about this gear is that um it's 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 hard it's a hard thing to enter if you don't really know what you're doing it's like yeah. one of those sports that you, oh, that, sure. you that you need someone to really coach you through mm, yeah. how to how to how to get into it you don't just buy the <laughs> Grab gear a gun. And, yeah, yeah like, go and, dive and in get the out ocean. there you kind of need to show people what it's about and that's how I learned when I was younger um, and so I don't know I'm just going to talk about some of the stuff that you need in order to do it so first one I've got is the spear, is the spear gun Scary looking which spear is just gun. a really long like gun basically it's 1.2 meters long with a trigger and then it's got a long rubber band that you pull all the oh, way yeah, let's load all, it all <laughs> way. i'm not gonna load it inside can you point, can you point it at me while you load it <laughs> a, a long rubber band that you that you that you load and then and and that's what you shoot your fish with but um i guess when you're when you're like hunting fish one of the coolest things is you really have to be connected to what's happening in the ocean you have to learn mm. how to hold your breath you have to learn how to relax underwater like one of the assumptions that people might have about diving is that you're chasing fish you're never chasing fish you're mm. always relaxed and you're always trying to limit the amount of movement that you have basically yeah. so they'll them, actually come near so they'll come to you yeah. rather than you going towards it or, or towards them and and you know there's certain even things you can buy you can buy like little mirrors and stuff that you strap to your wrist and flash like a lure so the fish come right. in closer to you like a teaser that they use for marlin or something yeah. like that yeah. um 
and then yeah you learn the different behaviors of the different fish as well so if i see a brim i know how to hunt that as opposed to if i see a kingfish or a uh drummer or yeah. whatever it might be so you, you really sort of like in tune with the environment and mm. and i don't know it's just a really cool, cool experience it's like being on the bottom of the ocean holding onto a rock and then seeing that fish that you saw in the distance coming closer for you yeah. Yeah, yeah um and then having it for dinner that night yeah right hey. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, are they the guns usually this big uh, you can get a different like there's a huge range of the size of guns this yeah. one's this one's uh, 1200 so like 1.2 meters yeah. I've also I've also got a 1 meter one which is my old gun that I let friends use and stuff when I mm. when I probably dive. more my size um, yeah, yeah yeah like anyone can use these but guns come in a huge different range I mean yeah. people spearfish marlin yeah. people yeah, spearfish yeah. like bluefin tuna and then also Cannons. people also spearfish you know I've got a friend that bought a small gun recently because he lives up in um up, up in the up in northern Queensland, and he actually spearfishes for barramundi. Yeah, right. And you have to get in there, and you have to get in little cracks and holes and stuff mm. in the mangroves, and you can't have a long gun. Yeah, yeah. doing that sort of Makes stuff. Sense. So, you know, there's a whole array of different guns and equipment that you can buy in so, in order to sort of suit your needs. What can you, without going out and buying all these specialized equipment, what can you? harvest or hunt with, so what, with minimal amount okay of stuff. so yeah so look here's the equipment that you need in order to get you started so you need a pair of fins so right. these are my fins these are like pretty decent big-ish diving fins they're not That's the really long ones because i don't like them but uh you need a pair of fins and then you need a snorkel and a mask so i'm like i have generally pretty good quality stuff because i use it all the time but you can, buy, you can buy you can buy it you can buy a pack at you know Fergo's tackle world that'll have fins a snorkel mm. and a mask in them yeah. if you want to harvest stuff I would recommend buying a big some gloves okay. <laughs> yeah. some gloves oh, so yeah. these are my diving gloves and like they're, they're pretty, hard canvas or Kevlar and so if you want to take if you want to take lobsters or sea urchins you want to have protection on your hands because they're yeah. very spiky and they can fuck you up so you get a good good pair of gloves and then if if you're going for so those are the two things that you can basically harvest without any tools are lobsters and urchins yeah right you, you just use your hands and you yeah. just grab them urchins you, you, you might want a knife or something like that to pry Same them off the yeah. rocks but you can grab them by hand yeah. and then the other thing that you'll need i guess is a catch bag Thank so you. that's a little mesh bag like you can use an orange bag you can you know you can do a DIY sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Even sometimes if you buy a, a snorkel um, goggles and flippers, the bag that they come in is a mesh bag when you when um, you purchase it. Oh, so you that. can yeah. use that for, for putting yeah. your lobsters in your... But don't use like a Coles um, bag or anything like that. No, that's a reusable one. You definitely need something that has a, has a bit of, you know, some holes and in it. And that isn't plastic in I've the ocean. Mate, <laughs> I've got a mate that uses an old potato bag. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, you could use a coffee bag or something like that. Hopefully the water can flow through it. That's, yeah. And, yeah, and then the what you'll need, you'll need a fishing license um, to take anything from the water, which mm. costs, like, 60 bucks for five years. You do it online. Something like that. You can probably do it online. Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then you and then you also need a knowledge of what the sort of bag limits and restrictions are. So when mm. it comes to urchins, urchins are the Tangible. easiest thing to yeah, it's the easiest thing to harvest out of anything because they're fucking everywhere. They're a problem. Uh, you can I take ten per person, and there's no size limit. Ten per person. Ten per person mm. per day, and there's no size limit. So if we went out now, which we probably could, like in the next hour, if we had an hour, we could probably go harvest thirty urchins. Yeah. And yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, and then you'd have to, you know, then you'd have a mini restaurant. Where's the near, mm. nearest place to here? 
to to go. We're in Taraji. I go to I go to I I go out the front of Taraji. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I probably would, if I wanted so urchins, like, I'd probably have somewhere where I could just jump off and they'd be right there because yeah. in Taraji you need to swim out a little like bit. They're like rock, okay. rocky areas or yeah, like, like rocky shallow. points and stuff is generally what you're yeah. diving. Like off points, like off South Beach, off the end of the point out there. Or Bombo's um, good, isn't it? Yeah, like down at Kayama and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of places. I went down to uh, Boneyard recently, which is sort of the that's, north that's side a cool, of that's a cool north spot, side hey? of Bombo. Yeah, it's so. a cool little spot to swim as well. Yeah, it's there, nice yeah. and protected there from the um, beautiful from the southerlies. So. You know, yeah, if you like, urchins are so easy to harvest. No no size limit. You can get 10 of them. Uh, the, the trick with urchins, though, is you've got to know how to process live urchins, which is yeah. pretty hard yeah, as a well. Bit of pain, but which yeah. is a bit of a pain. But, um, you know, right. that's, that's one thing. I, I suppose if you get to the point where you, you like sea urchin enough to want to go out and dive it, then yeah. you're, you're pretty into your food and, yeah. and, and yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So you'll be getting into it. But lobsters are another thing. You just got to know where to look for them. Um, Usually in the deepest, darkest cracks and crevices on the bottom of the ocean that yeah. you can um, basically get an arm in and and grab them and and, and pull them out, and yeah. then you use this, which is the measuring thing. It's a bright green piece of plastic with sort of forks on each end, the the exact size. One size for lobster and one size for um, for abalone. Awesome. So this is the lobster side, um, ten point four centimeters from the back of the 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 top carapace which is where its head is to the top of its horns like at the front yep. if you know mm. what i mean and then the other side's for abalone 11.7 yeah. centimeters and that's just at any longest part on the abalone abalone used to be um 10 per person per day as well in new south wales but they is, yeah, they change it to two yeah yeah right yeah so what, lobsters two, lobsters two lobsters well? two yeah. two each per day as well it's, it's something that's super like important to stick to yeah Oh, yeah, those, sure. those those quotas are, those, those are there for a reason, and, like and they're very much enforced. And they're very much enforced. Yeah, like you'll Massive get you'll pay a heavy fine if yeah. you don't if, if you if you don't comply and you get caught and stuff. Yeah, yeah. apparently, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, like I mean, lobsters are hard to get. I'm not like I'm I'm not confident that if I went out now, I'd be able to yeah. get two lobsters. Yeah, like you, you kind of have to get lucky depending on how yeah. good you are and where you're going. Like I wouldn't go just out here to get lobsters, but um, you know, just even the prospect of you got a bag, you can come home with two lobsters, two abalone, and 10 sea urchins in your bag. Cool. That's a pretty yeah. lucrative yeah. little harvest right there. You might there. spear a fish as and well. And then you might spear a fish along the way, or mm. you can get, get snails. Like there's there's bag limits and size limits on, not size limits, but bag limits on um, turban snails and yeah. other other little sort of invertebrates and things that you can harvest. Um, yeah, again, learning how to process it's mm. difficult. But uh, and, then, and then I guess one of the other challenges when it comes to spear fishing itself is identifying fish underwater and yep. making sure that you're yeah. spearing the right thing so you're not allowed to spear groper um, you know you get mm. crucified if people see you coming in with a groper because they're so docile and easy to spear that they'd just be wiped out if people yeah. are allowed to yeah. um, and then yeah you just you kind of just need to know what you're looking for and, and, and I think that the other the other cool thing about spear fishing is that it gives you the opportunity to harvest and eat um, fish that you can't necessarily buy at fish markets yeah. so black drummers are a pretty staple fish of like what i get out here and around mm. sort of like rocky points and stuff like that in in this region and down all the way down the south coast but they there's no fishery for them i don't think because they all just hide yeah, in rocks I've and, never, I've yeah. never seen them. but it's a delicious you yeah. know delicious fish and we, we can get all sorts of things out here like you can get kingfish and tailor and mm. um you know, brim and trevally and like there's so there's so many different. I got yeah. a um a red mullet the other day, a goat fish 
down at down at South Beach. Yeah, right. Which is pretty cool. Like that's a good eating fish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, whereabouts? Like just off the off just the off the rocks at South Beach. Yeah. So like that's for example. Yeah, I put that on my Instagram a little while ago. It was like came home with two abalone and a red mullet. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Random. a nice little bit of dinner. You know, yeah, yeah random stuff. Like even. It's rare that you catch a, a red mullet on a, on a line. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah not. Yeah. I, Especially I like the, the shellfish, like things like that, are super important. Like, and the, the better, the fresher they are. So That's if, it, you, yeah. if you pull them out of the water and you're cooking them that night, oh yeah, that is the best quality you can get. I think mean, fish, fish does actually yeah. dredging fish is a, is a is a pretty cool technique um, that a lot of people don't really know about. So there's not always as fresh fresher the fresher it is the better it is but with shellfish um, massively that is the case mm. and you want to be yeah, if you're eating it the same night well we've done yeah we've done that numerous times we've had a fire on the beach and yeah, yeah, taken exactly, a lobster yeah. out of the water just cut it in half and thrown it on the fire yeah. you, just, you right. just can't beat that yeah. so good. exactly yeah <laughs> so yeah like I guess it's something that people can get into oh, I'll show you the last of the equipment basically uh, you've got to be wearing a wetsuit as well well you don't have to be wearing a wetsuit it depends on the temperature of the water but um, the thing about wearing a wetsuit is that it gives you buoyancy which is not what you want you don't want to be buoyant so you need to wear lead weights around your waist you want to feel how did, it yeah did you buy that off he-man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you got to wear a weight belt oh, which yeah. which counteracts the buoyancy of your wetsuit and allows you to get to the bottom it's easier it's like off the weight belt it looks how heavy is it looks fucking uh, i don't know it's quite it's heavy. heavy yeah <laughs> I don't even know. I just know that it works for me. You yeah. got to find the right the right amount of weight to oh, put on okay. each one for yourself. Yeah, so I'm and not a very good swimmer. I just sink anyway. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just like, okay, if you put a wetsuit on, you'll float. Got my own weight belt. And then I've got yeah, this one's the abalone knife. So that is you need a tool for abalone. It's a bit worse for wear, but it's oh, essentially okay. just, just like a dive knife. Knife, but it's got a blunt yeah, right. end that has an angle on it, so you can get it underneath an abalone and then pop it off the rock. Mm. Um, it wouldn't work with a with, with just a normal knife. I've used before. I bought one. I like used a chisel. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. took a chisel out yeah. there, and and, and people use people get like a I don't know yeah. get like a file and file one end. Don't flat use, don't use your fancy chef's knife. Don't use your fancy chef's yeah, knife. And then and then this this weird stuff here. So this like this this one and the the boy. So there's a there's a big rope here, and then there's a boy. Which is like an orange marker boy that, that sort of what um, scuba divers would, would be using yeah. that has a blue flag on it. Mm. The boy is for two reasons. It, it notifies boats and, um, and things that you're in the water. Yeah. And so they know to sort of recognize there's a diver there and you're still equally. It's pretty dangerous to just be out there bobbing around and there might be boats passing and yeah, things like that. Sure. Yeah. And then what you do is you connect, you connect this long rope to your boy and, uh, and then you also connect it to your spear gun and your boy is where your dead fish and your catch will sit. And this rope, this this rope can be anywhere from ten to twenty meters long, and it means that your bleeding fish are away from you. So if any yeah. bigger fish come <laughs> yeah. and and want to have yeah. a look, they'll they'll be far away from you. And, yeah. and and then it's got a quick release clip on the end of your gun. So if any big fish do come, you can just release release your boy, and you've got your gun still, and yeah. and you leave the shark attack waiting yeah. to happen, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had that. I've had some mates that have been out there, and their um their floats been taken by a shark, like because there's yeah, right. some stuff on there. So you know, but it, you know, I mean, they're obviously going to take a bag full of bleeding fish before they take you. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. out there. They yeah. are out there, yeah. but um. 
Yeah, like I mean, if you want to get into spear fishing, it's just a fact. It's the same as surfing, same as whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. You're in their yeah. Environment. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just I just wanted to show you that mm. gear first off, and it's a cool, fun thing cool. to do. If anyone yeah. wants to, like, if anyone actually wants to get into it, um, like I've got a bunch of friends who I've taken out and sort of given an introductory lesson into yeah. um, spear fishing and you know harvesting stuff, you know harvesting abalone and whatever. Um, you know. You go out, you you go online nowadays if you want to if you want to really like gain a base understanding. But mm. like, fuck, I'm I'm happy to fucking show people. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear this other yeah. That's, that's diving come, class. come and show me. I told Eric. Come Eric seen that he, Eric from the Throsby seemed keen to come out, and I've texted him a couple of times, but he's been unavailable. But if anyone wants <laughs> yeah, to come yeah, out, yeah. you guys, whatever. Like, I've got a spare a spare gun. You just need a wetsuit, and I've Easy. got some spare fins and a mask and stuff as well. And yeah, you can. You know, dip your head in the ocean yeah. and make a great Instagram pick up some picture. cool. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, makes a great little picture. Yeah. You want to um, like look like cool chef. And you know what? If you um, you know, if you do have a go and you get out there, but you're unsuccessful, if you you can just go to you know Harley and Johns and grab <laughs> grab grab something and take yeah. it down the beach and get the shot that you wanted, for instance. Yeah. So <laughs> just tell you tell everyone that you've <laughs> found <laughs> it. Oh, I found this fillet of tuna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Spirit> <laughs> in the water. Yeah. Lucky was that floating around, pin bones, everything, yeah, everything. <laughs> so, have you ever uh, speared a mullet? No, I haven't. Um, they do more spearing of mulloways up north a bit more. Yep. So, because the yeah, jewfish or mulloway have um, they diff- they have different habits the further north and the warmer the water oh, you okay. go. So, like mm. you actually go when you get up there, they swim in schools. Yeah. And yeah, and they they sort of. Find themselves closer to like off beaches and rocky Do you mean points like and stuff northern like New that. South Wales. Yeah, northern New South yeah. Wales. So, um, I've got a friend that used to live in like around Ballina and Byron yeah. and stuff like that, and he's speared a number of them up there. But I think that it's pretty hard to get a hold of them down yeah. down this yeah. way. They're pretty hard to catch on a rod down here. Isn't pretty it? hard to catch on a rod. <laughs> the elusive Mulloway. Um, what are the rules with providing restaurants with? Your catch. No, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do that. that. No, I think I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. Anyway, if you guys need an urchin supplier, yeah, you know who to call. Ten He's a day. Urchin supplier slash you probably use, instructor. You can probably. Yeah, we had a ten urchins. urchins a, ten urchins a day. Yeah, we, we, we had, had yeah, right because yeah. you get about what do you get like half a dozen. Yeah, we did yeah, half a dozen pieces. Yeah. We did a something like that. Vegemite and well, like yeast extract, but like Vegemite and urchin butter on toast as a snack for a while. Yum. Yeah, with like a little bit of lime on top. It's fucking Yum. delicious. Cool. It was just like, yeah, like chefy, chefy mm. veggie mine on toast. It's funny with urchins, people are still really averse to them because I, I, oh, I'll I, always grab a couple of urchins when I dive now. Yeah. And a lot of the time, people are eating it for the first time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. You don't yeah. see them much because they're hard to process and you get a tiny, like you know, some of you get like absolute fuck all out of it. Yeah. So if you're going to get a tiny little tongue out of what is, looks like a big urchin, like there's not a lot to put on a menu mm. so it might be on as a little special or just on as a little snack or something but yep. it's pretty it'd be pretty hard to like have the chin as a main course they're, they're delicious you, take, yeah oh yeah oh. yeah they well, really are it, it's good to see that that you know the higher level restaurants and you know your guys sorts of venues are using more urchin because they yeah. are actually a problem when it comes to the yeah. environment like yeah, they right. they can you know go through whole areas and just take away so much of the weeds mm. and you know the algae and and those sorts of like little things that provide ecosystems in, yeah, right. in those environments like there's some places down the south coast that are just like you go out there and it just looks like a desert yeah. of white rocks and it's just covered in sea urchins and that's Fuck. all there is there yeah right so don't know that get into the sea urchins mm. you know like the 
the the divers who dive it professionally like and who have quotas for it and stuff like that mm. like they'll go out there and they'll fill the quota and <laughs> come yeah. home but yeah. still fuck loads of them out there yeah, so yeah. it's a pretty sustainable thing to mm. um to get involved in you're not going to get much meat out of it but yeah it's it's yeah. it's a good ingredient yeah same, same with abalone i mean it's quite a traditional ingredient for the Alora. Mm. um it was like a coming of age thing for uh, indigenous communities in mm. uh, in this area to go to harvest them uh yeah and to eat them yep. um and again they're delicious they're not seen that much on menus um, so it can be a bit of a pain to mm. to get right. They can easily be... and get get fresh. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, an abalone, there's an abalone um, supplier down in Warrawong or something like that, or Albion Park. Like they've got they've got yeah. yeah there's a, there's a, like an exporter, and yeah, they've got right. tanks in there with live apps. Oh right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. We I, I wanted to yeah. I was going to tell you guys about that. And yeah. I was like, wonder if you could buy direct from them or something. Yeah. They export. There was a guy. Who, so. yeah. yeah. There was a guy we were in contact with down south coast somewhere yeah and he does some like like turban turban shells turban yeah, turban yeah. yeah and some other other cool stuff but i think he does supply to um distributors we we both use yeah right so i think some of the stuff we get from a uh, sort of fish guy would, would they'll be from the south coast but there's some good like there's some good live seafood guys getting around sydney that yeah have well, you, like you, all that sort of stuff yeah actually for something that this area does quite well you see it in sydney more and more now it's like like the Wollongong bug or like Wollongong, like these yeah these different yeah. like shellfish from Wollongong um, so it's something that we're getting a bit more of a name for as, as, a, as a produce we can we can supply mm. yeah any um do you guys have any other questions about spearfishing or spearfishing gear or anything like that it's pretty cool yeah I'll, I'll, yeah I'll just, like, you should get into it Andy I reckon you like it I'd probably I'd just have to breathe mate that's all just, just gotta learn yeah. how to breathe oh that's yeah. right you got asthma yeah. it'd oh. probably be good for it I don't know I just fucking probably tell you what you, when you get out of the water like you never had clearer sinuses hey yeah. it like brings all no. that because you're breathing through your mouth the whole time it brings all anything that's like blocking your sinuses up and you'll you know get it out of your system yeah. like in the water mm. and yeah you do have a pretty clear head after it yeah I'm not, I'm not a strong swimmer I mean, we went diving for um, stuff before and Oh, it's just rubbish. But I did, I did rock up in boardies, yeah, um, with a pair of goggles, and yeah, a mm. snorkel. And that was it. You didn't grow up with that ocean culture. Well, no, it's, it's too like, fucking cold in Wales yeah. to go in the water and stick uh, to lamb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a land, land based, yeah. land based cuisine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the even though living by the, the sea my whole life, basically. It's not somewhere you, you went all the time. Because, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they, it, they it, spear it's... like um, sheep and cattle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool because you gotta get really in the marshes. So you gotta get in your environment, and you gotta let the sheep come to you. Yeah. That's, that's the key. Nothing like seeing a sheep in its natural next, habitat. Next, yeah. Mirrors. Yeah, yeah. Like... I'll, I'll show you my sheep shearer. <laughs> <laughs> that also is gonna be a picture on Simon's Instagram. <laughs> cool. But yeah, maybe photoshopped. Uh. All right, well, that'll do it for show and tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, all right, let's yeah. wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening to this one. If you want to get in touch with us, Simon, your restaurant's called Cavo. Tell us your social media stuff. Um, Cavo Restaurant on Facebook, Cavo underscore restaurant Instagram, um, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. there's a website. There's a website, yeah. Andy Babyface Kitchen at Babyface Kitchen at two underscore smoking barrels at, events or anything coming up for Chef either Andy of you guys oh, we, got, we got a couple of whole hog parties going yeah that's right yeah. At, uh, 
going on down at Barrels, which should be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, one on Friday the 13th and one on Sunday the 29th. So the Friday one starts at 6. It's April. Yeah, April, sorry. Uh, Friday one starts at 6 p.m. and then the Sunday one's an Arvo thing from 2 p.m. Um, we've got Volky coming to play some tunes at um, a two-piece, like him and a drummer, his guitars. So pretty cool, pretty cool tunes. He played at the Wolf recently. Mm. Um, he's going to do some some music for us on the Friday night, which will be pretty good. Um, it's just it's forty bucks, and it's just like we're going to cook up uh, probably thirty, I think it thirty something kilo pig. Um, to put it out as a, as a spread with cornbread and sides mm. and everything. Obviously, booze available. We'll have a bar out the back, but we're, we're limiting limiting it to forty people, and it's already kind of filling up. So if anyone wants a ticket, get in quick. Um, but yeah, how do they get it? How do they get oh, it? Oh, just email us info at twosmokingbarrels.com.au. Yep. Um, but they should be. It's just like casual, uh, bit of hog, some sides, banter, Good way to tins. Do it. It's like a, it's like doing it tins. in your backyard. Just yeah, yeah, it'd be very friends. cool. We're gonna just build. Lessons. We're actually gonna build a full like whole hog pit at the back at some point. Yeah, nice. Um, which yeah, just adding more and more things to the repertoire. So is that there. like as in a spit or a, one of the pits that, that one, you do them in half? This one will be a spit. Yeah, okay. Whole hog, like, but the neck, like, we want to keep it to American barbecue is, is like what we've kind of always tried to do. So we want to build a, like, you can build them out of um, vessel blocks and sheet metal and just like splay the pig and yeah, yeah. Them on. We can yeah, do it that looks smoke, good. Then, yeah. you, then you're mopping it and yeah, doing all the yeah, rest of it. Yeah. yeah, but we still will do it the same where Gav will kind of cut it up and like it'll all be chopped in its own sort of skin and yeah, yeah pretty, okay, pretty nice. cool. Yeah. So it's super tasty. We'll cook it. It'll be cooked over um over charcoal. Um, yeah, Sounds served good. out. Go so the whole, a big, whole old, big old spread. Two smoking so, yeah, sun, We wanted to do one on a Sunday because there's probably more hospital people that can come. Yeah. But Friday night one. Um, yeah, as well should be fun. Happy mm. days. And social media. We've already said that for you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Done. Cool. Yeah. Um, my business is quicksand food so you can go to our website quicksandfood.com where we have recipes and articles and producer features and all that sort of stuff and you can also buy the books illawarra cookbook still available get involved um and if you want to get in touch with this podcast which we want you to we still haven't had an email yet so thanks, thanks guys yeah thanks for listening if you're out there yeah. <laughs> if you is there anyone out there we're yeah. just talking to ourselves yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but you can email us, um, info at quicksandfood.com. That'll go straight to me. And you can give us some suggestions on yeah. what you want to, what you want us to talk about. Ideas, um, guests. Yeah, guests, if you think you've got something interesting to say. Get in touch with us. Also, if you do like this, please, if you're listening to it on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and leave us a review because that means that other people will yeah. be exposed to the Gong Show. Um, and that's about or, it. Or a... Love this podcast, best podcast ever. Four stars. There you go. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Four stars. We do not want four star reviews. <laughs> All right. My, my cool. That's it. Thank you for listening this week. We'll see you again with the next one. Cheers. Bye bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.